Kodiak is has very extreme weather. We are uh, we're called to be some of the most treacherous flying conditions in you know in the world just because of our we're so mountainous and you know I mean our weather can change on a dime. It's definitely dangerous when it can you know when you're out hunting and it can rain and then snow and freeze and you know I mean you definitely got to watch out for a lot of different things. Welcome to the RNA Outdoors Podcast, propelled by Ripcord Arrow Rests. At RNA, we are a public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we speak with experts in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. So welcome listeners, this is the RNA Outdoors. I'm your host, Lucas Paw, and uh, we are here on day three at the Western Hunting uh, Expo in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good few days so far. It's been a busy few days, and normally Saturday is the busiest day, so we're trying to get a podcast in before uh, the, the doors open up and, and this place gets really crazy. But before we get started, um, I do, do want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Ripcord Arrow Rest, the number one arrow rest uh, that bow hunters use. If you have any questions, uh, you can go to their website at ripcordarrowrest.com or any of their social media feeds. So today I'm fortunate again uh, to have my co-host and sidekick uh, from the NRA, uh, Jason Quick, with me here. Uh, Jason? It's been a good ride, man. Man, it's been a crazy show, and uh, it's looking like today is going to be another one of those great days, hopefully, for uh, Kodiak Safaris yes. and everybody else that we've dealt with. It's actually going to get busy. I saw a line of people out there, so it's going to be a fun day at the at the Salt Lake Show. Well, and the other good thing about today is, is you know, we're going to win a sheep out of the drawing, so... You, you know, know, talk to the tag gods as if the tag gods <laughs> deserve to give you something. So, I, so Fur Curl, Full Curl Society is doing their their uh, drawing today. So we're both vested partners in that. So hopefully, uh, we get lucky and and we maybe draw a sheep tag. So today on our show, um, we're here uh, with Crimson Trail of Kodiak Safaris. So Kodiak Safaris is a family owned and operated business uh, for over thirty years, located on the west side of Kodiak Island in the Larson Bay of Alaska, where the weather is beautiful, the waters are calm, and the hunting is supreme and secluded. So I know, Jason, you've been to Kodiak Island, so uh, I think you'll be able to shed some light on our discussion today. I think, uh, you know, Kodiak is a place that I definitely want uh, to go to at some point and, and really experience uh, what everyone talks about on Kodiak Island. So Absolutely. You know, go ahead. I was I was going to say I I think Crimson can probably tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's lived there her whole life, and uh, I was lucky enough to meet her and her uh, parents really a long, long time ago. What (laughs) fifteen twenty? I guess twenty years. Yeah, you were just you were a small young (laughs) girl right back then. But yeah, that was probably fifteen twenty years ago. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to go up there and go go hunting with them. But Crimson, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about 
what well, you do. <clears throat> my name is Crimson. I am uh, 20 years old, and I was born and raised on the great Kodiak Island. Um, my parents started a lodge when I was one or two, so I've, I've been raised right there in, in the, on Kodiak Island, <laughs> doing what we do best. Um, we uh, take people... Take hundreds of people every year for to come up and hunt and fish on some of the best grounds that Alaska has to offer. So I've been really entitled to some of the best places in the outdoors to really expand my career and uh, enjoy my time outdoors. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, your billboard here, <clears throat> and we're looking at some pretty amazing animals that have been taken. Uh, and also, some obviously, some fishing opportunities, too. I'm seeing... Crab, I'm seeing halibut, all kinds of different, uh, you know, deep sea fish. Pretty, inc- it looks like a pretty incredible option. So, can you maybe talk a little bit about some of um, the animals and species of animals that you guys provide at Kodiak Safaris? We uh, primarily do halibut fishing, salmon fishing, uh, sick of blacktail deer hunts, caribou hunts, um, with some fox and sea ducks in the mix. Um, there's always Dungeness crab and, and along with everything else that my family does by commercial fishing. And, you know, we see the whole aspect of deadliest catch on Kodiak Island, I guess. Okay. Well, I, I have to point out, Crimson, new number six, number seven, number eight, SEI bow and arrow. And that's you up there with three fantastic bucks and your bow. And I know just a minute ago you walked up with your bow and you said it was out of timing. and But that's what was the deal. How was that? That that. That's incredible, and I know you as a young lady. I remember seeing your your monster. Is that the buck that you? Yeah, this was number seven <clears throat> in the world that I got when I was ten. I think. Yeah. So when she was ten, <laughs> she killed one of the best black-tailed bucks ever, and and I kind of feel a little jealous. I'll admit it, you know, because when I went up there, mine was just a small three by three. But I had the greatest time with you and your family. Well, I can say that I've had a lot of experience. I, uh, I shot my first deer when I was six, um, you know, and I got my three deer every year. So I've only ever hunted right where our lodge is in Kodiak Safaris. So I've been, you know, I've I got a good feel for the land. I know where they're at. I know what they do. I know how they think. You know, it's, it's just something I've always done. So Maybe tell us a little bit about the actual island of Kodiak. I mean, I know... Folks can go online and Google it, and, and you know they see these just expansive photos of the island. But maybe explain a little bit about the topography and, and you know really what the island has to offer. Kodiak is, has very extreme weather. We are we're called to be some of the most treacherous flying conditions in you know in the world just because of our we're so mountainous and you know I mean our weather can change on a dime. It's definitely dangerous when it can you know when you're out hunting and it can rain and then snow and freeze and you know i mean you definitely got to watch out for a lot of different things um i could attest to that because the one (laughs) time that i was there um we we got there and surprise surprise we were supposed to fly in on a certain day and we got to the charter plane and the guy looked at us and said not flying today come back tomorrow so we came back tomorrow and he said well maybe and i'm looking out and i'm thinking it's worse today than it was yesterday and he's saying maybe so uh it was absolutely insane when I finally, he said, okay, everybody get in the plane. I'm thinking, dude, he's like, there's a little, see that little blue spot over the mountains? That's where we're going. And literally you jumped in a plane and whew, right over the mountains. <laughs> and we were right there in Larson Bay. I mean, popped out, dropped in. And then we hunted, we were supposed to hunt for five days, but we had lost a day to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then on the third day, Randy said, 
Well, I hate to break the bad news to you guys, but um, either you're going to go home today or there's a storm coming in. And when this storm comes in, you could be here from, well, at least two days, but it could be two to five days that you end up staying here. So we were, we were kind of laughing about it, but at the same time, he was deadly serious. He's like, okay, the opportunity to leave is it's now. now or never, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and back then, I had a normal working job, so it wasn't one of those things that I could just say, oh, can somebody call him and tell him that, right? that I'm not going to be here? You know? <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. So Steph yep. is exactly right. It could go from one extreme to another very fast. On a caribou hunt a couple years ago, we, uh, we went, and the winds were supposed to come up a little bit, and we thought, oh, we'll be okay. And they actually were, um, the winds were screaming so hard that it pulled half of our tent out from <laughs> the ground and it pulled off our, we had like a little awning over our table and things. And oh my gosh, we woke up and it was blowing like 60 miles an hour and we were trying to pick up things and pull the tent back up. And, and the next day the, the pilot called and said, we need to get you out of there now, but you have to leave your gear. You got to get on the plane now and we got to get out of here. So, wow. So typically when someone like arrives, let's say, you know, I've never done this. What's kind of the scenario when someone gets to Kodiak? I mean, you know, what happens from there? Obviously where they land to get to Larson Bay, it's probably a, a, another uh, plane trip to that location. But maybe kind of explain the process for someone who may be new to this coming to your operation. Well, Alaska Airlines will actually fly right into Kodiak. A lot of people think that it's more secluded than that. But I mean, we have jet service right into Kodiak. Um, we've kind of chose to put our charters on the left on the left (laughs) on the east side of the island just because it's so much more secluded it's a lot more protected and um you know there's just a lot of better fishing and hunting over there there's you know you're not competing with the public and and everything else um so so in cody you get to kodiak and jet service and then we go through a small little uh, family-owned and operated business called island air that flies you out there on a small you know six-seater airplane okay and then normally, then when you land, you're basically picked up picked by up the family take care and, you and take you over to their their lodge and cabins, and you get to stay there. And it's uh, it's actually I have to say, when I went the first time, I actually went with the family, and uh, it was it was awe inspiring to me being a 48s kid and going up there, and it's like. Really, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's you know you got the beaches where you have a lot of wildlife on the beaches, and then you have really thick stuff. And whenever you'd climb through the stick, thick stuff, of course, what would we run across? Footprints, you know, the size of big pie plates. Which you're like, okay, those are those are big brown bears. Okay, mm-hmm. big. And then you'd get up through that stuff, which that's what <clears throat> that's a pain. But then once you got through that, then you got up into these nice little shoots of grass and, you know, that's where, you know, you'd see a lot of deer. But timing wise, it was it was entertaining to me. We hunted in December, which the light was very crazy. So we'd hit the beach at about nine in the morning. We had to be back on the beach by about noon one in order to be able to come back down. So it was it was uh it was entertaining, to say the least. Well, speaking of bears, I think the last time that I talked to you guys, I wasn't aware of this information. Yesterday, I actually got drawn for the best area in the world for Kodiak brown bear. So you got me. drawn yesterday? Yeah, they say that less than 1% get drawn for that hunt, and there's there's only wow. five on Kodiak Island. So You're not I'm... letting her take a bow, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously, you're going to shoot yeah. her with a bow? So we're excited, wow. yeah. So we're going to go film our nuts. first episode for the outdoor show. We were absolutely we were wanting to hurry up and get an episode down so that we could get it in and, and yeah. uh, 
Yeah, the so Alaska draw. So now I draws. got one this spring. I was crossing my fingers for it, and I got it. So that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. The Alaska the Alaska draws dropped yesterday. So we heard of a few other folks that drew some good caribou tags and mountain goat tags. So. That is super. Yeah, my dad said if they were to put it in the auction last night, it would have been over a hundred thousand dollar tag for that for that brown bear. So wow. It'll be my first one. I've I've been hunting brown bears for a couple years, but it was always in our it was always in a bad time. It was in November when we were at a hunting camp, which wasn't the right area, and then it was in the spring when we were traveling. So, and when I did see them, they were in bad you know not in the legal area. So, so here's my shot. (laughs) Well, I cannot wait to I can't wait to see that. Now, is it is it this spring that you're going to be April April first it opens so. So it'll Man, be a phenomenal now, hunt. now we're feeling jealous, aren't yeah. we? Well, you, you, <laughs> she took us down that path, didn't Jason's she? Jason's done that hunt before. So. I actually, really? I actually did get to go to Kodiak. It took me about three years to draw the tag. Uh, wow. A friend of mine up there uh, took me on it, and uh, I was able to shoot a shoot a bear. I didn't shoot as I passed on a bigger one. That's the funny part. Here's a word of advice: don't pass on one <laughs> on the first day that you should will shoot on the last day. But I passed on one, and then shot one on the seventh day. When it was starting, we got the phone call saying that storm was coming in, and it was like, well, either shoot this one or go home with no bear, which, you know, to me, that wasn't an option. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's great. Yeah, I think it's the That's most great, densest uh, area for brown bears in um, all of Kodiak Island. So That's exciting. There will be, be lots to pick from down there. So I'm thinking there's going to be a new photo on this That's booth right. probably next year <laughs> at the expo. And, you know, Crimson, you're, you're, you're shooting a pilot. Crimson mm-hmm. Trail. I love the I'll name, of course. I'll actually be shooting my first episode for this. So, so and that'll be the first episode of Crimson Trail for yep. hopefully an outdoor station t- TV show. Yep. That will be super cool. Yeah. So it's a good way to start it out. Absolutely. <laughs> start at the top. And uh, I was going to say, that's kind of starting at the top yeah. and working your way backwards. <laughs> but she's got a top 10 black okay. tail and then she th- shot six seven and eight with sci bow and arrow so she's not exactly a girl that's uh not been there done that yeah. already experienced that so so looking at uh just some of the hunts that you guys provide and offer it looks like caribou is um i guess one of the things about kodiak is is the caribou can't go anywhere right they're on an island that's so there's right. probably no migration so maybe talk a little bit about some of the caribou hunts that you guys offer and and how those are the caribou hunts are very cool. Um, you can't get them right in the lodge, right in Larson Bay, of course. Um, but you fly down to our lodge, and then you take a, a float plane down to the south end of the island where all the caribou usually are. Um, the really cool and unique thing about this hunt is that you can't shoot the caribou same day airborne, and you get to go down and do a drop camp. Um, so that's always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that adds a whole other aspect to hunting on Kodiak Island when you got to go down there with your own hunt and with your own tent and sleeping bag and... and uh, yeah. Make sure you can survive the weekend. <laughs> Make sure you can. Well, what's cool is is you can't shoot it the same day. So there, there's that element of when you fly it, you get in, you camp, right? I mean, yeah. which is cool versus sitting in a plane. Oh, there's one. Land the plane and, and go after it. So there is still some of that element of the pursuit, right, of, of going after the animal, which I think is really cool. So along with the caribou hunts, um, do you, all, you guys also provide the blacktail hunts in addition to those as well? Well, to be honest, the caribou are inland, um, so you're flying into lakes. So, I mean, the reason that we wait or that we really love to hunt in November is that they come closer to those beaches, you know. So, I mean, at that time of year, you really don't have the, the time of day to hike all the way back to those bigger bucks and hike all the way back out. Um, so you actually get an advantage to caribou hunting because you're already inland. You're already by all those bigger bucks. 
they're not hunted quite as hard. You know, they don't, they don't compete with a lot of other things. Um, so you get phenomenal deer hunting right out where you're caribou hunting, but we have phenomenal deer hunting in Larson Bay as well. Okay. Now, is your guys' service specifically unguided then? Yes. Is that kind of your guys' model then? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if someone comes out, they need to know that, hey, I'm basically doing this by myself. You guys may help direct them or get them probably in the right direction, but you don't have anyone out there with them the whole time helping them. No. And I think really you don't need those for sick of black tail deer for the most part. Um, a lot of it's common sense and having the eye for the deer and, you know. And, I, and I'll attest to that. I mean, I, w- I was a blacktail hunter my whole life. That's what I grew up hunting, you know, down in California. And it was really an experience to me to be able to go up and check out the island. I mean, it's kind of funny to say that, but it is an island. It's like later in the season when the weather gets snowy up on top, deer do just what deer always do. When, the, when it snows in California, the deer come down into the lower areas. Same thing there. A lot of times what we saw is, is on low tide, the deer were right out eating the kelp right off the, the beaches. And to me, that was way cool. And another thing I want to point out is, is the foxes. They had multicolored foxes there when I was there. And, it, and it, was, it was really cool watching them. And, of course, everybody that was on that trip and your dad and a couple of my <laughs> friends will attest to me shooting at one probably, okay, maybe four or five times and not hitting it. But I'm actually confessing to that. I, I'm confessing to it up front. Wow. You know, that's my story and I'm sticking to it and nobody else, you know, that I get it out there now. That way when somebody else that was with us, you know, is on this list into this podcast goes, I remember that time. But, you know, the other thing too is if, if crab, oh my gosh, we pulled a couple of crab pots. We ate crab until we were just. I can't say I was sick of crab, but you know it was it was an awesome experience. And the blacktail deer hunting, you could still get three tags, right? Three tags, yeah. So you could go up there on this hunt and do it all yourself, and then you could actually get three tags. And where can you go anywhere in the United States? You know, especially you on the three. western side, and be able to shoot three deer absolutely in, in one trip. You know, as well as maybe get a couple of crabs as well as maybe do a little fishing, as well as maybe get an opportunity to shoot a fox. I mean, it's just... Yeah. That's why I'm really excited about putting out this, uh, my, you know, my new TV show is because it's not, it's not just a hunt. It's, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's everything that I've, I grew up with. You know, it's, it's hunting and it's fishing for halibut, you know, sport fishing and river fishing and commercial fishing and crabbing and... And you know, I mean, it's there's a lot there. Oh, and the <laughs> sea ducks! I, I didn't, I the forgot sea the sea ducks. There are just fantastic. Actually, yeah. we had in the camp when I was there, we had a we had a person from the east coast that specifically came all the way to Kodiak Island, and the only reason he was there was to sea duck hunt. And to me, I was like, "You came all the way from the east coast <laughs> just to shoot ducks?" I'm like, "Dude, you crazy!" So we actually talked him into going deer hunting with us, and he shot his first buck on the trip that we went because we kind of. You know, people really go crazy for those harlequin. That's for sure. Wow, well, they're yeah. very sought after. They're pretty, death. really beautiful. pretty, beautiful. One of the things that I know has been discussed over the last few years is some of the mild winters that the island has had. Which, as we know, when there's a mild winter, typically you know the winter kill off is limited. So, mm. which kind of 
tails into more you know world class type black tails are, are you guys seeing some of that or the benefits of some of that based on some of the mild winners and and maybe the trophy class of the bucks has been better over the last few years definitely our de- our, our deer population has definitely been at an all time high um, I mean, the thing about the wild, mild winters is not only do you do they not get killed off in, in the cold, but you you know you're not you're not killing as many deer every year. You know, unfortunately for me, you know when it's a mild winter, it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. You know, it's not going to kill off the deer, but I'm also not going to see those bigger bucks that I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, by cooking for the lodge and running my music career and doing a lot of other things, I wish that I had more time to hunt them. But when I do have time, I gotta you know I gotta go for them. So what you're saying um, is if we, we decide to come up, that you're going to go out and we're going to be able to watch you shoot a deer, right? Uh, watch me shoot a deer? Yeah. <laughs> she might want to see us do it, and oh. then we could watch her do it. <laughs> come on. I mean, I, didn't, I don't know if you know, but, but Lucas here, he's been doing some amateur video work, and he's been, like, he's going to submit a show to uh, Best of the West to try to get some of his footage on there. Who knows? I'm you know? actually going to be looking for some camera guys for my uh, my bear hunt, so I'm uh, I'm going to have to have a full crew for that. Uh oh, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Look at it. Look at it. I'm too He's low a, tech. I'm yeah. too low tech for that. But <laughs> it's mostly solo type stuff, but <clears throat> it's fun. But that's what she's really going to be doing here. This is going to be a do-it-yourself, right? I mean, it's going to be you Kinda, and your family. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've heard so many people say, oh, you can't do it, or oh, the industry's changed, sure. or oh, you got to have this. And they're like, oh, well, you've got to pay to go all these hunts and travel. And I'm like, hey, I got everything on my island. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm basically filming it my, you know, my lifestyle. I'm not yeah. changing anything. I'm just filming the unique things that I get to see. Um, but I'm my dad and brother, uh they commercially fish Dungeness, so they're crabbing all spring, and then they're fishing salmon all summer while I'm running the lodge. And whether it's picking raspberries and organically cooking, and you know, cooking with game, and you know, I mean, there's just there's a lot of things that, yeah. that I could show to keep that business going. I mean, that, it's year round, and that's a very good point. You know, everything that we take is organic. You know, mm-hmm. that's a big movement right now. The organic food mm-hmm. system. I mean, grow your own food. Raise your own chicken, so you're eating your own eggs, you know, and and that's one thing that's funny to me because, you know, I hardly ever buy meat at a grocery store. In mm-hmm. fact, when I go into a grocery store and I like see a steak and it's like twenty dollars or something like that, I'm like, holy cow, you know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And then I go home and I pull out an elk steak and dethought, cook it up for some friends, and they're like, man, that was better than the, the steak I ate at a restaurant that cost me 50 bucks this last weekend, you know? Yeah. And that's a that Well, it's definitely, cool and I mean, that's definitely been another big avenue of things that I've done. I um, I mean, of course, every everybody like this is going to have anti-hunters, too. And there's, I really realize that there's so many people that are so-called anti-hunters, but they can eat meat at a supermarket. And I actually, I won't eat any other meat other than venison and fish anymore. Because it's just not, that is not ethical to me. They can say that me hunting is not ethical, but I say... You know, how they, I mean, literally how they, what they do to cows and how it's injected and how it's, you know, tortured and, and, you know, you're not getting. Genetically modified. Exactly. You know, I mean, you're not, that is not ethical to me. You know, killing my own organic game is ethical to me. Yeah. (laughs) People now want to know, you know, where my meat came from. And when they went out and, and hunted and gathered it themselves, like our, you know, our grandfathers did so many years ago. I mean, that to me is, is, is the ultimate thing when you can do that, you yeah. know, from farm to table, put it on the table and know where it came from. I, I love your, I love your point that you brought up there. Cause I, I see it all the time in my world. And I think it's absolutely hilarious when a person comes up and basically is like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you shot that animal. And I look down and I go, 
man, those are some really nice leather boots you're wearing there. And <laughs> you got leather seats and in like, your car. And, and they're like, oh, well, you know, I bought that at the Goodwill. I'm like, last time I checked, still leather, you know, <laughs> came off some animal somewhere. And I'm like, oh, nice belt you got there, buddy. You know, wh- what's that? Is that faux leather there? No, yeah. don't well, think so. I think the new thing that bothers me, too, is that I see a lot of anti-hunters have moved out of the... They've come to realization that maybe it's not as bad as they think. You know, maybe it is okay for us to do that. But now they try to attack trophy hunters. Now they say, oh, well, now that you're looking at it as a sport and you're killing the bigger animals, that it's not ethical anymore. And I'm like, you know what? That meat is not treated any differently. <laughs> yeah. I would think that if you would want me to eliminate game, you wouldn't want me to take, you know... Yeah. The young one. Yeah, You'd exactly. Want, like, you would want me to take was... the mature and, you know, make it an experience of, you know. And to me, that, to me, is a definition of trophy. It's not the biggest antlers. It's it's an animal that's had the ability to live many years, procreate, and have the ability to grow old, right, and take that animal versus, yeah. you know, I mean, folks that, you know, do high fence hunting or private land hunting. I mean, that's that's okay as well, but... To me, that's trophy hunting. It, it's taking a mature animal. Well, and I, to be honest, I think it's it's kind of the experience of seeing that bigger animal. I mean, you have it. Hunters have it preconceived. I mean, you don't always get to see those bigger animals. Sure. And so, you know, I mean, I could hunt all day long and be happy with not shooting anything until I find that right one. You know, that one that actually, you know, yep. you feel very lucky to even come across, let alone be able to have the chance to take it. So. Yeah. And and for me too. I mean, the half of half of the hunt is actually the experience of being someplace. Like, my first trip to Kodiak. I mean, I was, heck, I mean, I know a couple of times my friend was like, hey, there's a buck, there's a buck. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm in my own little world watching watching a duck float by or seeing an eagle soar overhead. And, you know, people are like, oh, right, right over there. I'm like, oh, oh, Oh yeah, I am here to go hunting. Oh darn it! You know my brain was yeah. my brain was on overload of everything else that was going on around me. No, no different than like I said when I walked in and I saw that bear track. That was the coolest thing. Well, and while that was the coolest thing, that was the most. Oh my gosh, my foot fits inside that footprint. That means this thing's big, and I am literally in their kitchen. And I'm thinking <laughs> that I might be the steak in their kitchen. And at that time, actually, I was carrying a camera, and my friend was carrying a gun, and I kept thinking thoughts like, I need a gun. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you your know? camera's not going to do you a whole lot yeah, of good. I can say, Hopefully you're bang, faster than him. Bang with a, point a camera at him and say, bang. But that didn't work very well. <laughs> well, what some people don't realize, too, is that it's a big, it's, it's a very important way of spending time with your children and the way that your children learn things. You know, I mean, it's experience things with your parents outdoors is totally different than watching TV with them on a Friday night. You know, it's, yeah. it's just not the same. You don't, you don't learn different things by sitting in your house as you do. You know, you don't make the same memories as you do. You don't, you know, I mean, I primarily hung out with my dad. My dad was always commercial fishing. I mean, he was around, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was around, but that was, you know, my favorite and my prime way of spending time with my dad is, you know, my dad loved to take me out and every chance that he had, it was to take, say, Hey, you know, you don't do this or you do this or, you yeah. know, and it was, and those are the it was experiences. passing on knowledge and wisdom from one to your to your child, you know, and not just yeah. And that's the stuff you remember forever, right? I mean, the photos are great because you can you can show folks, but well, it's those are what the you things experience. That at the end of the day, I knew that if I were stranded out in the middle of the nowhere, that I would survive. Versus a lot of people wouldn't survive. Absolutely, <laughs> if people had to go out and and she's got hunt their this own animals. Pretty- Red-haired, dollish look to her right now. And she's like, and by the way, yeah, you normal people, you would die out here. I would be fine. 
you would die, but that's just the way it is. Well, three yeah. percent of the world's population owns a owns a hunting license. So, for the three percent out there, we would all be good. The problem is, ninety seven percent of the people would be our best friends because they wouldn't yeah. know how to go out and, like, and, and hey, put food on the table. Nice deer steak there. You got an extra one. Well, what has really bothered me too is that last year I don't know exactly where I heard it from, but I heard that the um, the average age for a hunting license now is fifty three. And that really bothers me because <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a dying thing. And then and yeah. the younger generations. And so that's, that's a part away from my TV show and apart from my hunting things is, is part of that's why I want to build myself as something is because I want to do something with children. I want to kind of the next you know, generation. I don't know what to do yet, but I definitely want to do something of an organization to teaching children and, yeah. you know. It's important because kids now are not being exposed to a lot of the shooting, and the more we can do that, it's it's promoting that for our next generation because they're the ones behind us that are you know succeeding us, and if we don't pave a good path for them, you know they're not going to have the same abilities. We'll be a weak and, link for the anti hunters too. You know, I mean, the, the fewer yep. that we get, and the older that the hunters are, the you know the less chance that the yeah, harder it's, it's going to be for t- to compete in the hunting industry in general. Yep. So. Well, and you, and you're you're young. And the good thing for me is, since I work for the NRA, a lot of my detail is in regards to the Friends of NRA program. And so I'll give a little plug for my own organization is that what we do is we raise money at at dinner banquets, no different than the one that's going to happen here at at noon. But we raise money, and then we take that money, and 50 cents on every dollar that we raise basically is given away in the local communities. And of that 50%, which sometimes is upwards of a million dollars we literally give like 60 to 72 percent of that money to youth related programs boy scout shooting programs junior trap teams you know junior pheasant hunts in my particular area are very popular junior trap teams is another thing that colleges are now recruiting you know shooters to be on their teams and that's a big thing and we're working right now on a brand new interactive um hunting platform for education and we're really hoping that that's going to be one of those things that take us to the next level so speaking of food real quick food can you talk a little bit about what you guys provide so if if someone was to come for a four or five day hunt i mean you guys are are feeding them and they're lodging there what can they kind of expect uh, as being a guest at your lodge I'm actually the cook out there. Oh, perfect. Well, <laughs> I am, um, and I love to cook. It's another one of those artistic things. You know, when you're artistic in one thing, it's kind of everything. You know, it's another thing that I get to do. So I, uh, and I love meeting all the new people and everything. So we're very home style. Um, a lot of organic. My mom's always like, oh, you know, hurry up, make this. And I'm like, no, I'm, you know, picking berries and making raspberry pie, <laughs> you know, cooking with deer and, and doing different things. Cause I think it's important. Yeah. You know, so the guests know. will get to eat some of the animals or at least some of the animals on the, on the, on the Island that are there. So they'll eat venison, they'll eat deer. Do they eat caribou? Is that something that well, you guys, I'll, I cook their game. Okay. So a lot of times, um, they provide, like the last time I was there, we had a little sack lunch when we hit the road. Since I was there in December, we didn't really get out early, so we had breakfast in the morning. <laughs> then we took off, took our food, went on our hunt for the day, and then came back in the evening. Well, I should say 4 o'clock because it was December. If I remember right, I was there around December 8th through like the 14th. It was kind of a crazy time frame, and there wasn't a lot of light. But... um then we come back and and we had crab 
Well, actually, think I think I convinced them to have crab like two nights. <laughs> <laughs> I like crab. What can I say? Yeah. But you know, I mean, you get to have anything and everything. That's that's the cool part that's about cool it. About and then they it, yeah. transport you. The main thing is they'll take you out in their boat. And actually, you know, the audience that's listening to us can't see the picture of the boat, but they literally will take you out, take you to a place, and go. This is a pretty good spot. You could go up here, this, and hook around, and then be back here in like three or four hours. And if you get anything, just drag it down to the beach. So <clears throat> that That's was that slick. was the fun part. Okay, let's uh, kind of switch topics a little bit, and maybe we can go into you know talk to Crimson a little bit about her music career that she's kind of got going and what she's trying to do and start. So I'm I'm noticing here on on your billboard that uh, it says download on iTunes. So I'm curious to know kind of what you've got going on uh, in the music industry right now. And Crimson, how would you, how would you download it on iTunes? Um, if you just go into Crimson um, and iTunes, or you can go to my website at www.crimsonlive.com, and that's with a K, it's Crimson. Um, all my songs are on iTunes. I'm, you know, I'm on all the platforms to see when new releases are coming out. I put a single and an EP out, um, I believe the year before last, and another single last year. And um, most recently, I'm really excited about putting out my music video next month. <clears throat> um, and the unique thing about that is that I really wanted to film a music video on Kodiak. Cool. The name of the song is actually Elements, because I wanted to tie in the importance of, you know, again, the outdoors. But um, the uniqueness of that is it's not a country song about being out in the country and hunting and things like that. You know, it's, it's the elements. It's... Uh, you know, realizing that big cities and, you know, I mean, all the smog and, you know, just relating that between Kodiak and the crisp air and the, you know, the fire and the water and the, you know, all the elements. Yeah, really what you <laughs> live for, for being yeah. on Kodiak are the things that, um, you know, most people would die to have a lot of times. Like you just say clean air. I mean, that's something that in parts that's, where we live, I mean, that's... That's a big deal. It is well, a big the, deal. You know, I mean, the ocean, the lakes, and the forests, and the, you know, everything. Yeah. So, so I was really excited to write that song in, uh, in L.A., and then we went up and we uh, recorded a full music video right on Kodiak Island, so... Now, how would you, wow. how would you describe your style of music? Probably dance, dance pop. So dance it's definitely pop? different than what people would probably think it was. Um... Yeah. I, I wish we could have captured the smile that she had yeah. just then for the audience <laughs> that, that that can't can't there, there's no video here but I yeah. mean you should have seen her eyes and they kind of lit up and then she got this really cool smile on her face <laughs> I could tell she was living her song which is which is her lifestyle well I actually for the music video we um, I was really fortunate to take we took a um, a helicopter to the top of a mountain we parked it on the top of the mountain it was you know I mean there was snow up there i mean it was it was a beautiful day blue skies snowy mountains that's actually that picture right that there the picture, yeah and they um dropped me off on the helicopter and then they spun around and filmed for the music video so that was just an amazing experience yeah so do you do a lot of your music on kodiak there or you said you got taken down to la in the LA. studio okay yeah yeah no i have some people that i work with in la um okay. writing and recording it and things like that so. okay so you have, you said, one album out right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. And they could get that all on, on iTunes, right? Yep. It's all on the website, and uh, there's lots of other things. And on for it. those of you that weren't paying attention or can't spell, K-R-I-M-S-O-N, and then I see a hashtag from Kodiak up there. What's that about? 
Um, well, I guess I was just did my own touch, and I'm in everything social media nowadays, and everything was hashtag, and you know, and I'm Crimson from Kodiak. So usually I'll throw a hashtag Crimson, hashtag from Kodiak. Nice. <laughs> we'll have to hashtag when we post this. Hashtag we'll Salt sure. Lake with Crimson. Hashtag. You know all about I know nothing Jason. about that. I'm looking at her going, okay, I'm trying to be cool, but I don't know if it's Jason's working. like, at Crimson, what is the at mean? Yeah, what's the at sign mean? Dude, I, you guys are really making me feel bad here, but I still remember when she, never mind. I was going to say, man. Oh, it's, come it's a, on. It's, it's a new world. Social media is... is is running a lot of the Definitely world now, evolving. I'm yeah. not that good at it either. To be honest, I enjoy the outdoors so much that, I mean, I have to stay on it because of my career, yeah. but I'm not one of those people that's on their phone. You know, it, it's just the type of person that you are. That's not, I value my experiences outdoors and with the people around me versus on the phone. But yeah, I always laugh because, and, and I've seen it even in my own family, you know, you walk into a restaurant and of course I travel a lot. So I'll be sitting by myself maybe at a restaurant, and I look over and here's four or five people, and they're not talking. Any of them, none of them are talking. Now, now one giggles and then other one giggles, so you figure they're texting back and forth. They all got <laughs> phones, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I understand the new age of, of the systems, but at the same time, I think we've lost some of that. And I do know when, you know, like when you're on Kodiak Island and you're sitting around a little fire, with four or five people, you're not sitting there texting each other. You're yeah. sitting there talking about the day's experience. And it has a lot of value. You know, I mean, it dehumanizes you in a sense. You know, I mean, well, just that peer-to-peer contact. We lose that more and more with just having a phone, you know, in front of us all the time. And people have a hard time communicating one-on-one now because they're so used to, you know, sitting kind of behind a, a screen with a, you know, with a, a name or whatever, you know, a social media uh, feed and. So it's it it has it, it. I think the millennials struggle with some of that. Now, time frame wise, I noticed the caribou deer combo. You said you're going into lakes. So what what time frame are you normally doing hunts like that? Caribou is September and October, um, and the only reason is that since you have to fly inland, you have to be able to fly a float plane in there. Um, so once it gets to the middle of October, if we have a cold snap, you know, I mean, those the, you you have the risk of going caribou hunting and then it freezing up over the weekend and not getting a float plane even back in there to get you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> huh. So. Walking out on Kodiak <laughs> Island. Interesting. Big bears. Yeah. Well, I, I will say uh, I went on my trip was for deer and I, that was basically, I love this saying, it's, it's called cast and blast. But for those people that are listening that are interested in looking this up, it's www.com. KodiakSafaris.com. That's K-O-D-I-A-K-S-A-F-A-R-I-S.com. Or you could always call them because we do have phones in Alaska, <laughs> just to let everybody know. We still use them sometimes. Still use them sometimes. Still have the landline. And that's 907-512-7709. And I know Lucas posts all this on his site. But yeah. for those people that can't see the brochure that I'm looking at, you know, you could get that all online. And, and it's pretty cool. And when you see Crimson, you will go, wow, she's pretty. That's cool. <laughs> and hopefully you guys will be seeing her on a TV show real soon. Yeah, absolutely. Er, really, you guys are going to seriously go with a bow? With a bow. We're going to try it. going to try, try a bow? <laughs> I will tell you this. After hunting a dangerous game animal with a bow, make sure there's a person with you that has a big gun. Because, boy, let me tell you. Bows, bows are awesome, and they do their job right, but sometimes when an animal's wounded, they, they tend to get a little little grumpy. Yeah. Uh, just 
just from a personal experience. So backup is good. Backup is always hunting. good. Yeah, big brown bears. <laughs> That's going to be cool, Crimson. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I cannot, I cannot wait to see that. That's, That's really cool. going to be awesome. Well, Crimson, this has been fun. Um, appreciate having you on our show. Um, you know, we wish you a lot of success uh, in your future endeavors. Obviously, spring will will we'll be following you and stalking you to see how you do on your on your bear hunt. She'll be, be stalking cool. the bear, and we'll be stalking her. Going, oh, what, did it happen? Did it happen? Did it happen? Exactly. Anything you just want to close with, or let the audience know, or listeners know, um, in closing. Um, I guess just watch out for the Crimson Trail. Always remember the importance of the loved ones around you and the outdoors, and um, stay tuned. <laughs> well, with that. Man, how can you beat that? Absolutely. Loved ones in the outdoors, rock and roll. Jason, thanks for helping me co-host, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time on another edition of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Later. guys. Thank Bye. you. Hey, everyone. This is Lucas Paw host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to Podcasts app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it'll automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or just use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Instagram at Rod in Arrow Outdoors, and Facebook, RNA Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, get involved with conservation efforts, and know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, see you guys on the next ridge. <laughs>